Hey, 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 good morning. This is Triggered, part two. It's Monday morning, 7.37 in the morning, and it's a brisk Arizona morning this October 21st. So I had quite a day yesterday. Um, as you may have recalled from Triggered, part one, wow, it's 59 degrees. Can you believe that? 59, 25% humidity. Just for fun, we'll do the uh, dew point. Did I say 25%? I think I did. 24 on the dew point. It is chilly willy out here. But the sun is up. It's bright, sunny. I got Bud on the leash. And we're about to go out the door. There's the gate. The sound of the gate. This is becoming like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood here. You get the sounds and everything. So yeah, triggered part two. So yesterday I was doing a um, early morning bud walk thing, and uh, Monday's our garbage day, so there's the garbage cans. And I uh, had a great breakfast before church, and I hadn't been to church since, I don't know, June. It's been what, what long time? <laughs> so I went as a... In part one, I think I talked about, uh, I was recommended to go see, because my wife's gifted, right? And that's, she's able to do that and sing and, and she enjoys that. But there's no, there's no room in the inn for me. I'm like baby Jesus, no room in the inn for prophets or apostles. <laughs> there's just no room for me in the inn. Anyway, so I go. And as anticipated, I'm like, well, something in the message I'm going to get triggered by, you know. And uh, now, of course, people will say, like, well, you're looking for the trigger, man. You're just you're just looking for the triggering. And I'm like, well, not exactly looking for triggering, but uh, what I'm doing is I'm listening, right? And I'm like, okay, what are we reading? So we're the the guys are going through. Uh, the Book of Acts, which I'm very familiar with, because I I read through twice a year. I do that for the last five years, so at least ten times I've read through these passages. So you know, reading something that much over time, and you kind of develop a little bit of an opinion about what's going on. So. Um, it's Acts chapter 6. And, uh, yeah, I know what's happening in Acts. This is all leading up to 7, 8, 9. It's all leading up to Saul's conversion to Paul. And uh, so part of that story is Stephen, who's going to get martyred. And um, he's going to be martyred in chapter 8, I believe. Yeah. Got to untangle my little uh, ear pods here. I don't know what that's doing to the microphone, but yeah, here I am. So yeah, so six is you got to know where's where does this uh, Stephen guy come from, right? I mean, if 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 you're going to talk about him in chapters seven and eight, you got to introduce Stephen, right? Where who does who is this guy? Where did he come from? So Acts chapter six is uh, just starts out saying like. Hey, here's the circumstances. And remember, Luke, these are real people writing this stuff, right? 
So it's just, this whole thing starts becoming so much more real when you think about these are real people writing this stuff. So Luke is recording what happened. It's a guy. He's a real person. He hung out with Paul, and he's just trying to capture some of the early church events. And uh, the, the, early, the early church event, a huge one, is the Stephen getting stoned. And Saul, who became Paul, was watching it. It's, all, it's a big deal. So Luke's writing this, right, as a writer. And I think if, if you actually try to write something sometime, you start thinking and appreciating more writers. I mean, what are they doing? They're writing. So um, this is happening. Hey, good morning. No dog today? <laughs> no, we actually don't have one. Oh. <laughs> just me going just, myself for a while. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. Do talk to strangers. Shout out to Carrie Phipps. And Dubbo. Dubbo. <laughs> we love Dubbo, Australia. And we love Singapore. I've never been to Singapore. That sounds fantastic. But here we are in Arizona. Not a cloud in the sky. Arizona's a good spot, too. And uh, a little diversion is... Basically, Arizona's kind of a fun little cultural thing because... We got nothing. <laughs> we got, we're very, very few people lived here a hundred years ago because it's too damn hot, and so there wasn't air conditioning and things. But now, all of a sudden, there's like four, five, six million people in the state, and it's a beautiful state. And so you got people from all over the country, world, and they bring whatever cultural stuff they got. But um, yesterday, we were hanging out with some. This Austri- Austrian Oktoberfest is pretty fun. Anyways, I'll get maybe I'll get to that later. Depends on how long a walk we have here with Bud. Um, and Bud didn't get very long walks yesterday, so this this could be a forty-minute walk, fifty-minute walk. Um, so yeah, back to church. So Acts chapter six. Get your Bibles out if you want. You can read it. It's only seven verses. Basically, it's Luke's recording what's happening. And he's going, hey, there's these two groups of Jews, Hellenistic Jews, and I guess the more Israeli local Jews. And they just complain and said, hey, man, we're, we're not, the church is growing. There's a lot of people now, whatever. And they're like, hey, we're not, our, our people aren't getting looked after for very well. So the, the, the word in the very first sentence that's used is complaint. They complain, right? So the the Hellenistic Jews complained to the church leaders that that they weren't getting serviced. And the apostles, the church is growing. This is like within probably the first month of when Pentecost happened. I mean, it's early days. A lot of stuff's happening. So Luke just records down, hey, these guys complain about not getting service. So what they do? They read through verses 7. They ask to have some help. And lo and behold, Stephen was one of the seven guys that they asked to help. So the Luke is writing this, what's going on down. And they there were some people that complained but the, the context is not, it's not that the complaining was right or wrong. 
It wasn't, it wasn't Luke commenting like, well, don't ever complain, right? Or it's like, don't be a complainer. It's just like ironic. It's like that's not the message at all. The context is just matter of fact. Some people complained. And matter of fact, that's how Stephen enters into the, the story of the history. So they had to explain where did this guy come from? Well, some people, some people complain. Big deal. They complain. It's natural, right? It's not, it's, not, it's not a sin to complain or whatever happened. It wasn't, Luke's not making some kind of judgment about complaining, right? But as you can, if you hang around the, the I hate to use the word evangelical or Protestant or whatever, these people that love to pick and deep dive on the Bible, right? The guy picks up on the word complaint. So I'm sitting there in the first 10 minutes of this 30 or 40 minute message. The dude just like talks about complaining. And he like, well, don't complain. It's negative. It's um, look at what happened. These guys grumbling. You know, look what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10. I'm like, what the? Wait, what? Why, why are we looking at Paul talking about grumbling for? What? What is this? And I had to listen to it. So I'm triggered. I'm like fired. Fired up. And, uh, morning. So they, they're all fire. I'm fired up because we're now he's talking about Moses and the, the Jews wandering in the desert and they were grumbling, complaining to Moses about wanting to go back to Egypt or something. I, I'm, like, I'm sitting there listening to this. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Are we, are we, is this where we're going? Is this where my shepherd of the flock is going to shepherd me? And he's going to take this opportunity because of one word, complaint. Like he's going to give a 10-minute lecture about like telling us not to complain and why. And oh, by the way, I can bring in verses from Corinthians, which happened like 10 years later, 15. I don't know. And let's, let's tie. And, 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 and since Corinthians talked about grumbling and referred to Moses. Let's go look at Exodus. Let's go look at Exodus about complaining, right? So I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. This is, this is what I don't like about Sunday morning and the message. And if you're listening to this again, I know, like, if you're listening to this, you're probably like, big deal, Mike, whatever. It's just a small thing. Get over it. And I'm like, but I just can't. That's just me. I listen to this stuff. I can't get over it. So later, you know, it's a big day for my wife and the singing and she likes that. And I just, I basically didn't say anything. I didn't left the church. Had a lot of pleasant conversations with people. Just ignored what I just heard in the message. <laughs> I just let it go, right? I just let it go. And, uh, but late in the evening, uh, walking the dog, walking Bud last night. Bud heard all this. So I got a witness. I got a witness, Bud. You can testify. No, so yeah, I'm just saying, hey, honey, it was great service, but I just I can't go to church there, man. You know, so you can keep doing your music thing and doing that thing, but I I just get triggered. I'm gonna get triggered, and she's like, whoa, what, what? I go, whoa. He, I said the pastor was talking about complaining, and the whole chapter was not about complaining. It just matter of factly said these people complained. But instead, he, he took the opportunity for his agenda. You know, maybe I think they feel a little, they must feel a little guilty or something like 
people are criticizing their teaching or something, which in my head I am, but they can't read my mind. <laughs> so, and I'm not complaining either about it. And it's like they didn't sin against me, so I'm not going to do this Matthew 18 crap about, well, if your brother sins against you, you better go talk to him in person. Like, no, the guy didn't sin against me. He just Can we just be honest and just say, hey, dude, that was a really crappy message today, you know? And, and, and if you want to say that other people are false teachers, I'm going to have to say, well, you know, that was kind of false teaching too, wasn't it? Because that's not, Luke had no, no interest in pushing the don't complain agenda. In fact, it's so obvious, ironically, like that's how Stephen comes onto the scene because some people complained. So if you said that they shouldn't complain, then there would be no Stephen. Then there'd be no story. There would be no event. It just That's like, I cannot believe I have to explain this to people. So now um, my wife's like, well, I didn't hear any of that. I didn't get any of that. And I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, well, I just don't get it. And then later on, I mean, it really, I, I let it go, believe it or not. I just like, okay, whatever, let it go. But and then like an hour or two later, she was just so fired up about it. She's like, "Don't you 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 get criticized this and criticized that?" Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like I can't check my brain at the door, people. I just, I mean, that's I can't possibly be what God wants us to do is check our brain at the door and just like, "Oh, they're the shepherd," and what the shepherd says to the for the this must be a message that I need to hear today. It's a oh yeah. The shepherd and the flock. <laughs> and I'm like, no, read it yourself, peep, peeps. It's 2019. We, we got it all. It's in your phone. The same phone you're You can listen to this podcast and look up the verses on your phone while you're walking or doing something, you know. So there it is, Acts 6. Now, the interesting thing was, then we, then we realized, sort of, I said, well, wait a minute. Since my wife was singing in the choir, maybe she didn't really come out. Maybe the guy started his message before she even heard any of that stuff. So now it just dawned on me because she was like, I didn't hear any of that. I'm like, what? You don't, you don't remember the reference to 1 Corinthians 10 and Exodus and stuff? The guy talked for like 10 minutes, it seemed like, 5 or 10 minutes. It's probably only like 4 minutes, but whatever. He, that's how he started the message. And then I realized, well, wait a minute. She probably wasn't even around to hear all that. So she just came in later. So now I have to wait a few days for the video to come out. And then I can show her that I'm not crazy. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's not about, I, I told her, I'm not sending any email to the pastor. I'm not making a stink about it. I'm just telling you, this is why I don't want to go there anymore. Because it triggers, it's just... There's just like, it's a triggering. And it's like, it's not that I'm wrong. I'm not fighting about right or wrong. I'm just commenting that this is what happened. This doesn't, it's just not right. And I'm like, why would someone divert the text to, 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 you know, exhort people not to complain? It's like, that's just not, it's it's just irrational to me. I don't get it. But that's what these pastors, they're, you know, they, they, they must feel like they have to control the body of Christ or something. You know, we've got to control these people. We've got to shepherd them. There's too much complaining going on. 
Well, you ain't getting any complaining from me because I don't even show up. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I learned my lesson. Nobody wants criticism. You know, nobody wants criticism. I probably, I probably don't like criticism. Nobody wants criticism. You know, so they have to ask for it. So maybe that's those few moments when people have said things like, well, you know, can I offer you a bit of uh, observation or, or something? <laughs> I don't know what the best way to put it. But anyways, so I, then the rest, again, the rest of the message was probably okay. Um, I got a little particularly um, snippy, I guess, within my head about the comments about, well, they were looking for seven men of good reputation and full of the Holy Spirit. So to me, naturally, I'm like, what's the most important thing there? And to me, it's being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because how do you measure accurately good reputation? You know, so I'm like, well, good reputation, what does that mean? I don't have a good reputation with these people, so I'm out. I'm, I'm no good, right? But then I'm like, well, wait a minute. There's 7 billion people on the planet, and you can't please everybody. So lighten up on the good reputation, people. Who, I mean, who's making the judgment about someone's reputation being good or not? Because we're all sinners. We're all, none of us are perfect. So, so then it becomes like, well, the most important thing in that little passage is who's filled with the Holy Spirit? And then, again, that's tough judgment, too. But actually, I think being filled with the Holy Spirit is easier to determine than whether someone has a good reputation. Because you just ask them from Acts 19. Let's do some verse plucking. What did Paul say to the people? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you first believed? That's, that's the question. Straight out from Paul. And depending on how someone answers that, you should know. We should know whether they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because if you just like ham and haw around it, like, well, you know, you know, I was baptized and the dude said, you know, we're baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then, then you know, if that's your answer, then I would say you don't really get it because we're supposed to be walking in the Spirit every day, every moment. So a more proper response to that is, yeah, yeah, I received the Holy Spirit. And that's why I have any faith at all is because of the Holy Spirit. So that's, it's, it, I'm not saying, it's not easy to, to show that or whatnot. But that, that's, I have a feeling that a lot, if you ask people that question or ask yourself, like, have you received the Holy Spirit? It's kind of like, um, uh, 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 how do I prove that? It, it's not, it's really, you can't really prove it. It's kind of like faith. But that's an important question to ask yourself. And then we don't ask each other that. We just kind of like assume, oh yeah, of course. I go to the Southern Baptist Convention Church, man. Of course, you know, we, we don't believe that the book of Acts, you know, that's like cessationalism. I guess they call it, like all those things stopped now. It's of course, you know, 
you know, I know Paul asked these people that were followers of Apollos that, you know, he was teaching accurately about Jesus in Acts 18. But, but now, you know, just by going to a Southern Baptist seminary and getting your degree and pass, and maybe even you get a PhD, you know, in, in this stuff, you know, you get really educated, you know, then you, you uh, not only automatically, you, of course, you teach accurately about Jesus, but automatically you will have received the Holy Spirit, you know, because that's, that's the preferred doctrine, so they can avoid that question. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there you go, they avoid that question. Try it out sometime. Ask some of your friends. Ask yourself. Hey, did I receive the Holy Spirit when I believed? And uh, there you go. So what else? What else? Had a nice conversation after church with an elderly couple that went to Europe this summer. And so I asked about um, their trip. It was fun. They went on a river cruise, starting out in Budapest, and on their way to Amsterdam. Sounds like a great trip. Two weeks. Fun times. Totally got triggered by the message, but let it go. So my, my first thing was not, oh, let me chase down the minister and tell him how screwed up his message was. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> No, I'm maturing, right? I'm such a, such, a, so, such a mature guy now. So, yeah, so, again, I guess I'm getting to the point, this is all marinating in my messaging, that we got to go work out. In fact, it's Monday. i got to go work out today. i got to do some bench pressing, some 5 by 5 bench press, go in there and work out. I'm not ready right now. It's It's like... 7.30 in the morning, what, almost 8. So, yeah, but sometime today, but before, could be at 11 this morning, could be at 2 in the afternoon. Go get the workout in, man. Go get the workout in. And that's what we should have as coaches or personal trainers. Like, I don't use a personal trainer right now because I kind of did that for a year and I'm kind of see how I do this year, if I can keep working out it's a great thing and it's so um, related to spiritual growth you know we need a it's, it's not bad to have a personal trainer uh, who's who knows what to lift what to work out so I call it like what to read you know what he the, the the going to the Bible is like 66 books and stuff so where do you start and I'm like well I should say start with John 20. And just because you know the story already that that um, Jesus came and died and uh, resurrected and it's amazing. And uh, then go into Acts, like what happened next. I think there's a lot of value in following the story, follow the, the events. So that's my coaching recommendation. And, I, and, I, and you'll teach yourself. You'll kind of, you got to lift the weights. Like, the, I can't do the bench press for you. You have to, 
I can stand there and spot you. Say, hey, you know, lift it here, lift it here. But you got to do it. You got to do it yourself, which is great. It's perfect. That's exactly. And then you start walking in the spirit because you're going to take ownership, man. Own it. <laughs> Own it. And don't get distracted. There's too many distractions. They'll be like, oh, this this month we're going to study Hebrews for the next six, six uh, weeks. You know, and you dive in on that. But like, what's the context? What's the overall message? We, we do so much forest. I mean, we do so much trees, tree studying instead of seeing the forest. We deep dive on this stuff. And that's why I like to just like, no, just read a chapter, boom, go through the whole thing, 150 days, you got it covered. And then anytime you hear any message, anybody plucking something from somewhere, just ask yourself, like, how does this fit in to the overall message and there you go because there, there's everyone's out influencing you I, in a way I'm I think I'm subtly influencing the listener here but I'm not a hardcore like gotta do it do things my way I'm just gently making a suggestion with the goal of being confident in your beliefs and, and not relying on other people don't outsource or don't give over your power which the holy spirit gives people is the power all any power that we have comes from god i mean just the it all makes sense it's like what what can i say here it's sort of sort of making sense to me now that uh there's, there's like too much teaching, like, or too much like, hey, do this my way. And that's why I love the John 21, the second day you're, you're confronted with Peter, the first pope. <laughs> and I chuckle at that because he's like the worst first pope you could ever have. So right away, the Roman, I mean, I, the Roman Catholic Church is so funny how they, they've kind of, Oh, yeah, we got the Peters. He must, he must be the first pope, you know. And it's like, I don't know. He wasn't the beloved disciple like John. So that could have been a better choice. But neither John nor Peter really had much to do with the Gentiles. That was all Paul. So technically, I would say, if I was going to restart the Roman Catholic Church, which, you know, that's really possible, right? <laughs> I would say... The guy that went to the Gentiles, which, like almost every Roman Catholic, is a Gentile. There's very few Jewish people there. Is Paul. So he's the guy. He's the guy that started it all. So God started it all through Paul. Okay? Anyway, how did I get on that? That's, oh, witty with him. The witty with him. And if you've not heard Witty Whiffen before, it's what is that to you? What is that to you? And then Whiffem is YFM, which is you follow me. So this is where Peter is asking Jesus, like, so what, what's going to happen to John? I mean, if I'm going to die this way or whatever, this is the end of my life. What's going to happen to John? <laughs> and and Jesus goes, what is that to you? You follow me. And that is like the most 
essential teaching probably in the whole Bible, right? So to me, I could call that the great relationship, the, um, I don't know, what it's witty with them, right? It's the great relationship. It's, it's Jesus calling us to follow him in our path. Don't worry about other people. Don't even, you know, don't like, oh, what's going on with him? But that's, that's kind of, I feel like there's a social pressure to conform to the belief system of your local church, right? That's just kind of natural. And I'm alone on this. I feel like I'm, I'm probably not really alone on it. There's probably other people that this might resonate with. But it's my holy discontent, this whole thing. This whole churchy, follow me, we're the shepherds. And I'm like, no. Jesus said, what is that to you? You follow me. So I'm not following a seminary grad who thinks they know it all. So we don't do that. We look, we step back and we look at the whole forest and say, wait a minute. Did you say this guy came here and died and then rose again? I mean, so, oh wow, that seems like that'd be a significant thing. <laughs> so, so what does that all mean? Oh, he said he was going to send this mysterious Holy Spirit. Is that, is that what he said? Hmm, that's interesting. And he's not, he's supposed to come back again, but it's been like 2,000 years. He hasn't come back yet. So let me see this. So we believe that there's a Trinity and there's a God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so the Son was actually hanging around for like, we think, 33 years maybe. And yet this Holy Spirit guy has been here for 2,000. So do you think this Holy Spirit... It's kind of important. I mean, he's on stage now for 2,000 years. Do you think that guy that we can't see is important? I think so. <laughs> so and, it, and it reminds us of the living God. I mean, that's the whole message, the forest. The forest is God created all this. And it's not just a... LinkedIn article or Inc. Magazine article about gratitude. Like, oh yeah, your life will be so much better if you just have some gratitude. You got to just mentally just, you know, um, buckle up. What do they call that? Buckle up, bucko, or something, or straighten up, bucko, or something. I can't remember what the phrase is, but you just got to generate some gratitude, man. And it's like, yeah, okay, I read this linked article from Susie Q. Susie Q, maybe even Susie Q. Welch, Jack Welch's wife, whoever. I'm not, I'm not. We love Susie Q. Welch. We love everyone always, right? And we love Jack Welch, Neutron Jack. <laughs> so, we love all those guys, but really, where does gratitude going to come from? It's just like. Lift up your eyes, listen to the barking dogs in the backyard, and the barking dog's just jealous of Bud, because Bud's got a good owner, Buddy's got a good owner that's walking him, and this stinking loud Doberman pincher or whatever is barking his butt off, because he's jealous. 
He's nightish of bud because he's out walking. He's got he's free. Look at this free bud. You're walking around. So the where was I on that? The the forest and the trees. So we have a living God. And the dude that we all say is so important. Got to go to the cross. Got to go to the cross. And I said the other day, it's like, think about the forest. What does it say? That Jesus lived, died. There's all these paintings and everything about it for the last 2,000 years. And where is the dude? He's not here, right? And think through the other mind game. What if he didn't ascend to heaven? And he just kind of like hung out. I mean, there'd just be no faith then. He'd be like, oh, you're the guy that's like never died. Like for two, two, we, the rest of us are all dying here, people. The rest of us are all dying. But oh, this dude, dang, nice hair. You know, who's doing your hair? That's my other little joke of the month. It's like, who's been cutting Jesus's hair for the last 2,000 years? Who's that special barber that he got up there? (laughs) <laughs> so these are the whack job questions that you should ask I think they're kind of whack jobby questions but it, it goes to the point of is this is the story true is it are we are we talking about a story that's been going on for 2,000 years and what yeah if he's sending the Holy Spirit he can't be Jesus can't be walking around I mean there's no point in that so the Holy Spirit can move through everybody, but it's, you know it's nice if you start out and have some revelation about what's going on. But uh, there you go, life. There's all kinds of tragedies in this world. Even the guy on the cross, Jesus says, "You'll be with me in paradise." Like, well, that guy, that guy had a, you know. He only lived for like three more hours or something. I don't know how long that guy lived for. But he goes. He goes to eternity. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I may, for some reason, I thought of crab mentality. It's like people want you to like believe the gospel, but they want you to join their church, their group. And if you are like, well, I get this church, this local church is great. A few hundred people here, we all get together. But if they start, like, if they seem like they're not open to uh, that there's other congregations out there or other groups with the same beliefs, it's like very possessive. Like, oh, we need to possess you. And, I, and it's called this, in the business world, this guy talked about crab mentality. That actual crabs, you can actually see this on videos or whatnot, that you put a bucket full of crabs on the beach and one of the crabs might want to get out of the bucket. So he's kind of like stepping on the other crabs and putting his, whatever he's got, claws and he's, he's pushing on the other ones, and he's, he's up at the edge of the bucket. But the other crabs don't want him to get out. They, like, pull him back. They, they, like, they like, pull him back in the bucket. And it's like, dude, the, the guy just wants to get out and be free. 
And I, I just feel like a lot of the churches are like that. It's like, oh, stay with us. You got to stay, stay in our bucket. And we want, we want new crabs. Go get us some new crabs in our bucket. And I'm like, no, I want to get out of the bucket. And I'm not going to invite other crabs into this bucket because you're just going to try to keep them in the bucket. And they'll be like, oh, no, but in our bucket, we have all these great programs. In our, in our bucket, we sing songs and we, we have things for kids to do on Wednesday night. That's, that's our bucket. We're in the bucket. Come get in our bucket. And I think that's, they, a lot of these guys statistically list, look and say, like, well, people are uh, leaving the church. Well, I think it's because you've had a bucket crab mentality for a hundred years. You just, it's, it's kind of strange. And I'm just frameworking it. So people are going to reject the framework and they're going to say like, Oh, Michael, you're so wrong. Oh, no, we're a church about freedom in Christ and eternity and the gospel no we're not a crab mentality no we're about freedom freedom no we're not subject to the crab mentality no 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 siree in fact we've made a framework that if you don't believe you're going to hell Right. Morning. Morning. So, and that's a good framework to have. People are going to hell. Because if you're outside their bucket, man, you're going to hell. That's a, that's a nice way to keep the crabs in the bucket. It's like if you get out of this bucket, man, you're probably going to go to hell. <laughs> and then it also sets up a very nice unloving relationship to look at people so everybody you meet everybody you meet are you in the bucket or are you out of the bucket you know is that what jesus taught didn't he doesn't there something about love everyone always basically i mean i you know i just it's just amazing how blinded we are because we love our buckets it's cozy in the bucket come on get in the bucket Get in the bucket. I mean, this is this podcast should almost be crab mentality, but I got I got to leave it as triggered part two to, to to couple it with the before and after the before and after messages. And you know, we'll have to get the video. And I I mean I have after listening to my wife last night, just telling me like I don't know where you're getting this from. You're crazy, Michael. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I have my own doubts now. Like, maybe, did I hear that correctly? Did I hear the guy talk about 1 Corinthians 10 and Exodus? I thought I for sure did in the first few minutes. But maybe I didn't. So now, now, now I have my own self-doubt about whether that was true or not. I'm convinced that it was. But um, now I have to verify. I have to trust but verify. So yeah, this is triggered part two. And Bud's wants to go on a little different diversion here. Which is fine.
he uh he needs to walk and uh so yeah it's the bucket mentality crab mentality it's very interesting and uh it's not just for corporate America or um, living, I guess you'd say. Like the, the way it was presented to me the first time was like if you, hey, you know, if you buy a franchise, a locksmith's franchise, you know, you're the owner of the franchise. You own your own business, man, and you're in control, you know. And, you know, some people will say, oh, no, don't leave corporate America, man. You know, you got to stay in the bucket, Stay in this corporate America bucket, man. We're all a bunch of crabs in here. And if you get out and start your own franchise and become independent business operator, which we are anyways, it turns out, um, it's a mindset shift. We're all a business of one, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. Bud, what are we going to do here? Uh we going to keep going, bud? He he's really likes this bush. A different bush he hasn't smelled before. Wow. And uh, so yeah, I think my wife's pissed off at me, but I'm not arguing with her. I'm just let, letting it go. So that's kind of sad. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm kind of loosening up and going, you know, I don't have to prove everything all the time. I, I mean, that's amazing. Talk about it's not just self-awareness, it's growth. That's what it is. It's growth. Because I used to just like, no, I'm right about this. i got to fight it. No, I'm going to prove it. Get mad. Yell. No, no, you didn't. And the good thing I backed off because then it became, became a possibility that she actually didn't hear any of those things. And that when she hears them, she'll probably go like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> That's what I love about the, you know, ironically, you know, these churches, these, the, the videos, you can dial into um, any church in America now and find out what the dude's talking about or what style the guy has and stuff, right? So and it used to be you have to get the tape ministry, like, oh, I'm going to go get a cassette tape of that message now and listen to it. Well, now you can just get it on your phone. A couple of days later, it'll be uploaded to the Internet. So we all can be polluted with this semi-false teaching message here. And, uh, yeah. So I don't need to go sit down and talk to the dude. I can just do it at home, on my phone, wherever I am. In the gym, maybe. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be in the gym in between sets listening to this fantastic butchering of Acts chapter 6. <laughs> and then I can get triggered all over again. So now i got to turn my triggering into into what? Triggering into joy. Let's get some joy. Um, triggering into growth. Growing. Letting it go. So, yeah. There's probably a bit of crab mentality there. Stay in our bucket. Our bucket is the best. And I, I don't know. I think I, what I say makes sense. And, um, but I'm pretty empathetic with other people. So 
it doesn't go too far. Like if someone's not tracking with my interests, then I lose them. So maybe I lost you on this podcast, like after the first two minutes, after the first 30 seconds, after you heard about Dewpoint, you're like, what? Dewpoint? What the heck? Well, this is Arizona, man. Dew points are, they're pretty important out here. So, uh, it's a beautiful Arizona morning. Got about five or so minutes left before I get home. And I will get myself ready for another week. I've got, had a good phone interview Friday. So maybe I'll hear this week about possible follow-up interviews. And I've got a potential meeting tomorrow, interviews slash new business, which may go somewhere. And it's kind of interesting. So I have no idea how that uh, person's going to respond. But that's where it gets back to that personality, aptitude, and experience. So... Uh, and I, and I, today I'll probably do some more theoretical framing of, in my mind of, so what do I, what do I offer to somebody else? But at the same time, you know, keep working on my, the marination, the marinate, let the marination flow out in a, uh, a different way. So I, I do think there's the crab mentality is kind of worthwhile. I don't know if that if that communicated or resonated with the listeners, but uh, I, I do like that crab mentality. That there's it's like relationships, right? So you can sort of like see in your relationships is this person trying to keep me in their bucket, their worldview bucket, or, or are they all about freedom? Of like, no, we don't want to be in a bucket. None of, we're crabs. We should be in the water. We should be in the ocean. We shouldn't be in this bucket. So you want colleagues, friends that are sending you out of the bucket back into the ocean, back into the forest of the living God, not the trees. Because if you start looking at all these trees and verse plucking and pulling verses here, here and there, it's, it almost automatically has to mean that you're, you have some agenda that may not be in the essential text, but you want to make a point or bring out something just because you feel like it. <laughs> I don't know. Or you feel like it's important to you, right? Because the pastor, he's the hero in his mind, in his life. And if they would switch their brain to being a guide, we'd probably love them even more. Let's be guides to one another. Let's, let's help each other get out of the bucket. Let's end the crab mentality and uh, help each other walk in the spirit of joy, freedom, and that, isn't that wonderful? There's your sermon for Monday morning. A sermon by an untrained 
an uneducated man. I have plenty of education. It's just not in the traditional seminary, uh, spoon-fed, this is the way it is, teaching. Because it just propagates men's opinions from the past. And, uh, yeah, so you got to, you know, good teachers probably say, you got to learn to think on your own. Well, yeah, that's like being out of the bucket, my friends. Get out of the bucket. So, uh, you know, if that's the first time you've heard crab mentality, it's a pretty fun subject. You can use it for a lot of things. And uh, it's it's a good picture and it's also biologically accurate that these crabs do that to each other i mean you can get like i said before there's videos of crabs pulling these guys back in their buckets isn't that amazing right bud are you part of the holy spirit bud are you really an angel bud huh yeah you look like a seuss a sweet little animal maybe you have the Holy Spirit in you, bud, and you're not an angel. Buddy is an angel or a temporary angel here. Yeah. Bud, we're home. Good walk, bud? Yeah. So, so ends another Buddy's owner, Arizona schnoodle walks. And it seemed like a uh, like a pretty long one there. Let's see, what do we have for that? 49 minutes, not bad. So, we will end in the backyard, in the shade, by the cool pool. And the water's down to like 72 degrees now, a little bit chilly. And I'll probably jump in on Halloween, the 31st and November 1st at least, especially if I start running five miles again. But uh, Bud likes even drinking out of that water. Yeah, not my choice, Bud. All right, so grace, peace are the classics, right? We need some grace, we need peace. And we also need mercy, right? So may the Lord do something in your life. And the the Lord will do it. It's the living God. It's the Holy Spirit. And it's also why he he wants good things for us. Why wouldn't he? It's a a wonderful life, right? It's a beautiful experience. And I'm changing. I'm transforming. The God's sanctifying Holy Spirit is changing me and my heart. And you're on a journey. I'm on a different, I'm on the Gaussian curve. I'm not quite to the midpoint yet or whatever. Who knows? But it's the Gauss, baby. Anyways, Triggered Part 2. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great, great day. I got it now. I got to turn it off. There it is. Okay. Yeah, have a great day.